Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Sad Boys Book Club. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, Daniel. And I am one of the hosts, not Daniel. And uh, this month, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, to, to say we are going to be covering Beloved by Toni Morrison. A book that I've heard of my entire life, but just never had it never really sat down to read and um i don't know so far very interesting book very very good you, you really you re- i'm really seeing uh why it's gotten so much praise over the years yeah so we we kind of beat around the bush with this a bit um at the end of last year and a little bit after finishing caliban's war but um we wanted to try to do thematic months this year uh, which we kind of did last October with Stephen King um, as like a you know spooky season and whatnot and uh, we felt you know what better way to really get that ball rolling in 2024 than doing something for Black History Month so here we are reading uh, reading Toni Morrison for Black History Month and um, to kind of continue on with your what you were saying um, I had never heard of this book prior to this you you told me this is the one you wanted to do and I looked it up and I'm like okay I've never heard of this but it is apparently very famous uh, Pulitzer Prize winning book and cool yeah uh, Toni Morrison is pretty pretty well regarded author um, I think she won the Nobel Prize in fact for literature one of the one year I, I, I think it was sure for this one, one. I think it was for this one. I, my, my, my copy says Nobel Prize winner 1988. Oh, well, that probably is right. I'm just, I'm just looking it up, but that, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, I actually, I was kind of shocked. So uh, my first Apparently, thought was... Apparently, according to this, it says she won it in 93. Oh. She won the Pulitzer Prize for this novel. And then received the Nobel Prize in '93. Oh, hang on. Let, let me let me get my copy real quick, uh, so I can see what it, what it, what I was seeing on it. Probably did not catch any of that as I was walking away. Uh, maybe this is just an advertisement for her in general, because it says winner of the Nobel Prize in literature. Like this is like stamped on my cover of the book, but it could just be that. No, yeah, it says. Oh, no, 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 no. Now this says winner. The back of the book says winner of the nineteen eighty eight Pulitzer Prize for fiction. So maybe hmm. it's just saying that Toni Morrison is the winner of the Nobel Prize in literature on the front of my book. On this, like, it's like a watermark, like almost like a like a golden stamp sticker. And on the back, it has the the Pulitzer Prize thing on it. I don't know. I, I we did a little. Um, I say we. I did a little research on my copy of the book because like the little little backstory here um on how i acquired a copy of this because i um i had about a week there where i was like penny pinching real hard waiting for my paycheck so i had to like really try to to get a copy of this book quickly in in like the cheapest way possible and uh my first thought always is to check my library and they had six copies all six were checked out and uh, it was a 12-week wait. And I was like, wow, that's that's insane. I, I, I can't believe that. That's crazy. So that was that's out. That's surprising for such a, you know, because this is, you know, a classic classic novel, sure. And, you know, definitely the Black History Month uh, thing. I'm sure a lot of people like us are trying to, you know, just checking it out. But to uh, but to have all six copies spoken for for 12 weeks, that's, that's pretty amazing, like, almost 40 years on yeah and you know call me call me cheap if you will but um the uh the kindle version was like 13 dollars, and i I was like i mean if it was 10 i'd probably do that but those extra three dollars were just three dollars too much for me um so my last ditch effort was to check um half price books and they had one copy for five dollars and 49 cents and i was like oh my goodness this is perfect uh, plus, I love I I love going to half price books and getting like really old like they 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 always have it always feels like they have like the oldest like first editions of like everything 
and it's cool. I found I have a copy of New Spring, the prequel to the Wheel of Time, and it's a first edition, and it's in really good condition, which oh. is not normally how it happens in half price books. Normally, you have to deal with the fact that the quality is pretty terrible because this is all secondhand, and most people who are selling their books to half price books don't really take care of their books to begin with. Um, but I have like a really nice copy of of New Spring, which I think came out in two thousand four, so it's not like the oldest book ever. But that that was cool. Um, I found a first edition of Brisinger for like eight dollars, and I'm like, I kind of want this, but I don't need it. Uh, that book's like 2007, I think. But uh, right. anyways, I found this copy of Beloved for like less than six dollars, and I did a little research, and I think this version of the book, I think this print edition came out in 1998. Hmm. Yeah, that would that would that would track with the uh, her getting having the Nobel Prize and have them putting that on the book. Yeah, and like outside of the fact that the pages are they're they're old and they're stained a little from age, you know, you know how pages get a little yeah, they kind of like not brown little, but kind of like the yellowing. Yeah, outside of that, the biggest issue with my copy of the book is the first page. Like that, that's basically just the copy. No, it's not the copyright information, but it's the um. It's the reviews. It's it's the review blurbs from like the New York Times, San Francisco Chronicle. Um, the very very top corner of the page is a, is a little full. It was like it's like dog-eared a little bit. That's the worst thing with this copy of the book, outside of like I said the the the, the aged looking pages. So like, needless to say, I made out like a bandit, uh, and got a really really cool copy of this book for a really good price. That's in really good condition. So shout out to Half Price Books for uh, actually having a good copy of something that's old uh, available. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's you know that, that little story there. I think is is kind of. Uh, I think it's a, it's a good thing to get out there because you know I think when for a lot of people uh, one of the barriers to reading. I mean, there's already enough barriers to to of reading just in general in terms of like uh demands on people's time and and you know the 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 changing way we interact with our world that has maybe impacted us in some some good ways some ways not really very good uh, but uh but you know like all of these things and the, another thing is um is it, it it's it's just a good it's a cost effective way to kind of like to kind of get into reading just to you know to hit up half price books or or other used bookstores um especially if you've got like a, a local favorite um or or you know the just just the library you know is, is just a great way to 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 just start reading i mean honestly i i think we've you know we, we've picked up a lot of these books um uh, just for the purposes of the show because they're pretty much almost without exception bangers uh, to, to one caliber or another, depending on how you're ranking them. Um, but you know, sometimes I it, it can be kind of daunting unless you just like are you're really into an author to kind of do a blind buy. So it's it's kind of like a it's not a bad idea to like to hit up a half price, especially if it's older, like a half price books or a or a used bookstore or especially your library. Yeah, I, I will say if it was a situation where. Um she was still alive i would be more inclined to buy a a new copy so that she would like receive it would probably only be pennies from me all things considered after publisher fees or like all those other things but um mm -hmm. i don't know where the money would go hypothetically now that she has uh passed so it probably makes to me... the estate yeah and I, I don't know like i don't know what that would entail so like, and that's it makes me feel like a little more okay with buying secondhand in that situation because I would rather support the author directly than the nebulous estate, which historically has not really been in line with the author's living wishes, mm -hmm. especially yeah. when there is money to be made off of their death. Yeah, things like like especially you see a lot of that in the musical world, a lot of stuff that artists never would have released ever <laughs> if they were alive uh you know gets gets kind of released um and after their death by the estate and sometimes sometimes it's actually pretty good 
but a, a fair amount of the time it's like that was that was pretty non-essential kind of like that was I, I don't think the artist would have really uh, <laughs> that, I would have thought that was a good representation of their work so I guess go ahead and hit some opening thoughts for beloved we we're gonna do this book in halves um, it's actually a three-part book but part one is far and away the largest part um, so we we're when we where we end off um, we're still gonna be in part one but we are still we're gonna be maybe a little over halfway uh, yeah done with the book I think um, the last chapter we read if I remember correctly was the one with Denver and beloved in the in the storehouse or no, or was it the no? It was the one where she pulled her tooth out, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the chapter where Beloved pulls her tooth out. That's the last chapter we read. And this this book has uh, the chapters are not numbered, um, so I think that was like fourteen. But like, don't don't take my word for it. It's it's. You know, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I I just read and enjoyed took notes where applicable i didn't i didn't really take a special note of what chapter we were we were on but you know so far you know I'm, I'm very much enjoying the book i think it's very well written there's a lot a lot of a lot going on here um it's it's really throwing a lot of different almost different styles within the same book you know you have like a when i first heard about it i heard about the idea of the ghost haunting the family you know that was one of the big things that I heard about it. So I was like, oh, it's, maybe it's a horror, and that is true in some ways, certainly, but it's not in others. I don't know. It's it's there's a lot of different tones, a lot of different uses of style to like signify things. Like um, sometimes when a character is like experiencing a like, like they're the the main character Setha, um, she will there's this one particular uh, passage I think pretty early on maybe fourth or fifth chapter somewhere in there where she was uh she was having these this flood of memories and it was kind of transitioning and some of them were not like super distinct and it was very like stream of conscious style um so that was very interesting so there's it's 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 this book has a lot of different textures even within the same book so there's there's a lot of good things to say about it i, I i've I've quite enjoyed it and found it quite interesting so far. Yeah, I I, I looked through the the thing you sent the lit charts you sent me, and uh, yeah, the last chapter we read was part one, chapter fourteen. Mm. Um, so if you want to number your chapters, that's 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 where we are. Um, I honestly have no idea how to approach this. Uh, I know our our I I feel like I I think I said this similarly with with annihilation uh last year but i i feel like we kind of have to throw away our our normal just kind of summarization style with this book because i just i really i really don't know how to approach it because like you said with it being like the the, the way that it's written and like how there's bits of like stream of consciousness it really is just all over the place we'll be like there'll be a chapter where it's like the characters are doing something like in the house or something like that but then like the next paragraph it goes into like something happens that reminds one of the characters of something that happened in the past so then now we have like the rest of the chapter is this just big story of talking about the past be it you know there there's one where it's it's the story um and this is done across multiple chapters of how denver was born and and what setha was doing to make it to ohio where um it's a baby sugg's house um and then we have like another one that's about like Paul D and the story of when he was a slave and like the different places that he was a slave, like both like multiple different ones or like how he um how he found Haley, uh which was Setha's um ex for lack of a better term ex husband um alive or dead it's kind of we we know he was alive at a point but it's his fate is currently just kind of ambiguous because no one's seen him for I don't think it's really relevant his fate honestly. At least not so far. But like the, the the point being is that it's just that this 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 the story the story structure of this book is so all over the place that I'm just kind of at a loss at how to approach it from a um I guess from a storytelling summarization standpoint. 
Well, but it, it's not all over the place in a way like that's just like just random. I think it it it, it kind of a lot of the the aspects of this book <clears throat> are meant to reflect like the sort of the way we interact with memory, how memory sort of impacts our lives and and specific not beyond memory like trauma um because i think that's i think that's fair to say that that is a pretty significant aspect of certainly the character of setha but i i, I you could also argue uh, i would say denver um you know is there they are people that have that have that are dealing with a sort of like not only like the case in the case of like Sethus especially like like direct experiential trauma uh you know in, in her case you know you know a, a, after having been an enslaved woman um but also a sort of like intergenerational like trauma and i i think that's kind of that's kind of uh kind of plays itself out in the book is so where where and that that it comes out of these unexpected moments um just just these uh memories uh one thing that i think um is interesting that i also want to talk about while we're talking about it structurally is i think there's an interesting thing that that i a, a, a word that I, that I i noticed and that i think is is very uh key to understanding this book and it is what Setha often, it's often Setha that's it's it's either her point of view or she's saying it or so, something to that. Like especially chapters invo- revolving around her, the the word rememories, which I think is actually uh, actually quite a poignant uh, way of, of putting it. It's like it's they are they are part of her life even still. There, it's it's how. And we, this is something we can get in later, but that I, I that her her being sort of, um, I don't want to say trapped in the past necessarily, but her her memories are, you know, these 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 trauma these traumatic incidents are are kind of a burden to her that that keep her her mind at least in into the, reflecting in, or into the past fairly often. Yeah. Which I, I guess let me let me clarify as well. Um, I, I don't say this like I'm saying that the the structure of the novel is like bad or poorly poorly paced or anything like that. It's just more so me saying that like just trying to think back and try to succinctly or like I guess like talk about the the plot in a in a cohesive manner. It's just it's something that I'm kind of struggling with, and I feel like unless I pulled up an actual thorough plot point structure i feel like i'm going to be jumping around worse it's going to make it, it's going to make it worse I, I i i don't know am i making sense yeah yeah i i know what you're talking about yeah so it's it's by no means I, this is this is a comment on my ability to summarize this book and not my not a comment on the structure in which the book is written itself no i, um, I didn't i didn't think that i just figured i would throw that out there for people who haven't read the book yet or are are kind of reading the book just to kind of like capture that thought yeah because i feel like the actual general flow of the book is very well done like anytime there is a jump in like the timeline or um what what might possibly be seen sometimes as like a non sequitur or like a stream of consciousness it still makes sense in the context of the story that's being told and is always done in a way to kind of give context or enrich the idea of what's happening in the here and now. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I feel like it is not completely beyond me to compare it to similarly how the the um, flashbacks, for lack of a better term, were done in Annihilation. Though I feel like. I don't want to actually try to really compare this to Annihilation because they—that's they, just not really—they're—they're they're nothing close to the same. But it's just—it just kind of reminds me in a similar way of how Annihilation was paced with its flashbacks that 
tie into the present day storylines being told. I think this book does that somewhat similarly in that what you're reading as it happens holds relevance to what's happening, like I said, in the here and now. And that's why it's structured the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is such a weird book. I'm just going to just say, just like straight up, like it's, it's very, very weird at times. Uh, and I had my, I had my own personal, uh, Daniel's response to, uh, Julie Mao peeing in the locker moment in the first chapter of this book, which, um, let me actually say this too, real quick. So I once again made a mistake, uh, with starting a book for this. Uh, I made the same mistake I made when we did Neuromancer. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really funny how how much of a parallel this was for me. So uh, I had my coffee. I was laying down in bed, which is where I do most of my reading. And uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start reading this. I'm going to try to get through, like, I don't know. We'll try to get through a couple chapters. It's getting kind of late. I just want to read a little before going to bed. And what I didn't realize was how tired I was. So as I'm reading it a little bit, I'm like, oh, I'm getting real tired. Uh, this is gonna be a bit of a struggle. It's okay. I'll just, I'll just read the first chapter, and we'll, we'll call it a night. And just like Neuromancer, when I had the exact same thought process because the exact same thing happened to me, I learned the first chapter was twenty pages long. <laughs> and so I was like, oh dear God, I gotta read twenty pages. And I'm like falling asleep right now because I'm really tired, and it's a work night, and I gotta get up at five thirty in the morning. So, uh, wow. And I, like I said, I did the same thing that I did with Neuromancer where I read the first chapter in a, in a bit of a, in a, in a stupor, so to say. And I'm just like, I'm thinking about it the next day and I'm just like, did I, did I remember this correctly? Did did I read that right? That was a pretty, that was a pretty, um, pretty long long-handed uh, shaggy dog store there to to end in a yeah uh, but but to uh, to to get to answer your question uh, yes and I guess I should say now um, that there's uh, quite to, to just give a, a content warning there is uh, basically all the things that <laughs> that you could imagine in a book like this uh, you know uh, revolving around. A, a, a formerly enslaved woman, um, you know, in terms of like the racism and physical violence, you know, uh, sexual violence, all, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's there. There are a lot of moments that I would I would use. I think you using the term shocking is is apt uh, because it's it's a look. It is a very harsh and realistic look at a piece of human history at a piece of American history that I mean I can't really use words to adequately describe how horrible it was it's it's yeah one of the great the great evils of all time yeah it's and I, I feel like I feel like even this word isn't even close to strong enough but it's just it's a it's an embarrassment of of humankind yeah yeah so i i guess like because of that it just there are like a lot of things in this to where it's i don't know it's just it's it's something that i can only read about it's 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 something that i can never I, i hope that I can never truly witness. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, I would not, I would not wish anybody to experience, but people have experienced it. So. Yeah. And, and it has, it, it had its consequences, you know, and ha- continues to have. Yeah. I was going to say still does. So, it's um, you know, so I think it's, you know, that's the, what we were talking about is like the, the, the inherited sort of like, the continued trauma, the without the the a, a true um, accounting for and a, and a true uh, redress of you know of of social conditions that that existed during uh, the time of slavery 
and you know how that how that impacts and continues to affect society even today so and i think that's a big part of the book is like it's just this this why don't we talk about it a little bit in, in more concrete terms um the, the the that might help a little bit uh so so the novel as it starts um it begins uh post uh post civil war in in the area of uh cincinnati ohio um where uh there's this this family uh composed of the mother setha um her daughter denver her two sons and her uh, mother-in-law, Baby Suggs, at a house on 124 Bluestone Road. Um, and, and we kind of see that they live in a very, um, a very depressed and very uh, quietly desperate and ominous situation. Um, the the book, in fact, it begins. 124 was spiteful full of a baby's venom the women in the house knew it and so did the children for years each put up with the spite in its own way or in his own way but by uh, 1873 setha and its and her daughter denver were its only victims the grandmother baby suggs was dead and the sons howard and bugler had run away by the time they were 13 years old as soon as merely looking in a mirror shattered it you know that, that so just just to hit hit that just like right across but and it goes into some further depth but just to kind of give you just that like big opening image is there's like this this sort of sense of like constant oppression and fear and that's you know i think the the haunting that they are experiencing is very metaphorical for the haunting that uh, especially in those times, but again, to this day, uh, impacts the black community. So, something that um, I'm sure you are very well aware of, and a lot of people are probably aware of, is, and I, I don't think this is new. This is probably this mentality, this mindset, and this 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 belief has probably been. I, I would safely assume it's it's at the very least a hundred years old, probably more. Is is this idea that um, the 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 Confederacy and the Civil War was only about states' rights and it wasn't about slavery? That it was Lincoln that made the Civil War about slavery, not secession. Um, the original. And, if you talk about racism, you're the real racist. Yeah, and that it's one of the dumbest fucking things that anybody can say like straight up it is just it is so far from the truth and i feel like you can you can pull this this one quote here uh from from alexander stevens who was if if i understand this correctly uh he was the vice president of the confederacy right i think so i I think i know where you're going but, but you can continue yeah this is like this is ostensibly the number two man in the government of the confederacy which i want to point out uh yeah he was the vice the vice president of the only lasted only lasted approximately five years by the way um yeah that's funny you know there's so many things that have lasted longer than the confederacy and all of those jokes will never get old because it's just really funny to point and laugh at these failures um but this is this is the this is the man that was the number two in the government this is a quote that he said and uh out of out of respect for um the black community and to uh uh i guess you know cover my bases a little bit i'm going to replace one of these words that is in this quote uh i'm uh it is uh to 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 not straight up say it it is the word that is the same word as the spanish word for the color black uh so it's not the n-word specifically but it's one of the n-words i'm gonna just replace it with the term black people just just to make this a little more uh not as terrible as it is and because i don't really feel comfortable saying that so uh the quote is 
Our new government is founded upon exactly the opposite idea. Its foundations are laid, its cornerstone tests upon the great truth that the black man is not equal to the white man, that slavery, subordination to the superior race, is his natural and normal condition. This, our new government, is the first in the history of the world based upon this great physical, philosophical, and moral truth. That was in March 21st, 1861. I don't think it gets any more... It's kind of and, dry. Like, unambiguous than that. Like, the Civil War was about slavery. That's that's what it was. You can sit there and say it was about states' rights, but it's, you know, it's, it's the states' rights to own people because of the color of their skin. Like, it's... I don't want to ever hear somebody say that it was because of states' rights and that's it, because you're fucking wrong and you're a piece of shit, if you honestly believe that. It was abhorrent, it was terrible, and they're a bunch of loser traitors that got their ass kicked because they deserved it. And fuck anyone that 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 flies that flag. Yeah. You're a bunch of losers, and you're still losing 160 years later. Yeah, it's it's the sort of um, lost cost lost cause sort of revisionism that you see that 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 kind of it did kind of spring up. I mean, it's it, 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 I'm sure as you said, it, it's existed in some form or fashion ever since the end of the war, but. You know, there, especially during the time of the revival of the Ku Klux Klan, I think that was that was a big flowering of the, uh, especially as the uh, the last of the uh, Union veterans died off. That was you know the, the cynical motivations of of the the people that were the ideological inheritors of the Confederacy, um, basically kind of tried to soft pedal certain aspects of it to sort of uh wash the legacy to kind of for yeah you know to to essentially to to repackage it to continue their their attempt to to, uh subjugate uh black people one of the big ones yeah uh, one of the big ones being the daughters of the confederacy and I, i say this as emphatically and as meaningfully as i can fuck the daughters of the confederacy you're terrible human beings. They're probably mostly, if not fully, dead, the originals, because this was a long time ago. But fuck you. You're a piece of shit. All of you. And it's it's from things like that, that where you get the whole, like, oh, the war of northern aggression, and all that stupid bullshit. Yeah, it's... The, any There's there's no... The, the uh, I think it's been stated at this point unambiguously, but this the the, uh, the, the, the this podcast is, has no time for any sort of uh, historical revisionism uh, cert- up around uh, slavery or the Civil War. So definitely yeah. fair to, to just to just get that very clear. Yeah, it's and and just to really tie it back to this book that we're that we're talking about today it's because a big theme of it like like you've you've stated i think so far as well is that it is about the uh the lingering traumas the pains and just the the scars both mentally and physically uh that came from slavery from that that time period in in american history and it's it's it sucks to read like it really does it sucks like reading reading about like the scars on her back that look like a tree or um like Paul D having like a bit in his mouth like a like a fucking horse and as he was having to drag a wagon and like you know all the men being chained the 46 men being tra- chained together and basically being left to drown in the rain like it's it's fucking abhorrent and it's it's it sucks to read like I, I i like but like it's one of those things to where it's like history sucks like sometimes sometimes it really sucks but like this shit is necessary you have to look at the evil you have to look at the bad you have to look at the just terrible despicable things because if you turn your back to it you're turning your back to the lessons that came from it and like the the, you're turning your back to the victims 
and like just the horrible shit that they went through just to feel better about your your own you know existence and it's like you know I, I I'm not someone who who feels personally like you know guilty or anything like that because you know all all I can do is be the person that I feel like I should be and like try my best to leave my little patch of the world better than it was when when I got here by the time I go whenever that might be but like it's you know I I feel like as terrible as as it is as as abhorrent and just disgusting that these 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 acts were you 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 have to face them yeah. because that's how you that's how you move forward that's how you actually progress you progress by it, uh, I I don't, I don't know if this is this is the best way of putting this and if this is even really accurate but this is just the way that I kind of see it is you have to constantly move forward but you can't move forward without looking back and knowing what was behind you well, the, the past, you know, you, you, you don't exist in, you don't exist without context. You, 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 like, the world didn't just pop into existence. You know, there are certain uh, historical and material factors that create the world that you, in which you live. And if you're going to understand the world that you live in, you have to understand how it came to be. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people need to take a good hard look at um, Europe 90 years ago right now because uh i know a lot of people might find this very inflammatory and uh exaggerated but i mean uh, no it's not uh a lot of parallels happening in america right now that happened in in uh 1930s germany so um not just america a lot of the world as a whole but it's it, it you know as, as an american it feels feels more here but yeah People should probably, uh, people should probably, uh, learn history better. It's important to, um, to learn history, and it's important to resist bigotry in all forms, embrace solidarity in all forms. Yeah, and I was, I was talking to, to my wife earlier when I was reading, and, uh, it was, (laughs) it was when I, uh, to, to just kind of step a little, a little, a little very far ahead uh, in the story. It was when I texted you. Did Paul D just get raped by a nineteen-year-old ghost baby? Uh, and I just, I just read that chapter, which I, it just, I, I, I had, I, it was very much. I, I stopped. I just looked. I looked back at the page, like the fir- at the start of the page. It was like a two-page-long chapter or something. I look at the end of the page. I look back at the start, and I'm just like, what the fuck what the yeah. fuck and my wife's just like is it the book and i'm like yeah <laughs> i just kind of like i just kind of talked talked uh through it a little bit and um my wife's like it sounds like a book that you're not really enjoying and i'm like no it's it's not that it's 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 kind of you know it's one of those things to where it's like in a normal situation and i think this might be pretty obvious to anybody who has listen to my thoughts on any of the books that we've covered or the books that I've chosen for us to cover. Uh, this is not what I would say is in my wheelhouse for literature because I'm very much just a, a general sci-fi fantasy fiction. I want to, I want to read stories that make me happy kind of, kind of person. So like I, I, the best way I compared this when I was talking to my wife earlier was, is, this is a book that reminds me of a book that I would be um, assigned to read in school, uh, which is not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. Normally, at least when we were in school, I don't know how true that is now with the whole book banning bullshit that's been going on for the last like year or so. Um, I, th- I think at least we- I, I will say this book was not assigned when we were in school, but I've, I have heard you know of it being assigned in schools, but maybe that may be a function of us. Uh, yeah, growing up but like I, where we did. I, I don't say that by any stretch of the imagination as a negative comment on the book because I would say at least the books when you and I were in high school that we were assigned um, were very strong, very important, very impactful, and just, just straight objectively incredible pieces of literature. Things like 1984, Brave New World, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five, The Things They Carried, 
um, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Catch-22, you know, books like that to where they're just, like, really, really important pieces of literature and have, like, really deep and important meanings and things to say. So when I say this reminds me of a book that I feel like I would have been, I could have been assigned to in high school, I'm putting it with those books, mm-hmm. not not with something to where it's... You, you read it and you're just like, this is boring, I hate this, I have to write a report on this, this is terrible. Like, maybe mm-hmm. some teenagers feel that way. But, like, that's what I mean when I say that. Sure. And I did kind of compare it a little bit to something like To Kill a Mockingbird, by no means because of its its um its plot or anything like that, but just kind of my, my, my opinion on it to where it was like, I'm reading it, and like I said, I feel like it's something that I would not have ever just gone out of my way to read on my own. It's something that I, I, I hadn't heard of, for one. I'd never heard of this book. But I only was aware of it, and I'm only reading it because it's the book that you chose for this month. But, like, I'm reading it, and I may not be sitting there being like like I was in Caliban's War or Jurassic Park to where I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm having so much fun reading this. This is great. I love this. Oh, my God, this is such a page-turner. Like, I'm not, I may not be having that reaction to it, but, like, I'm reading it, and I'm just, like, my, my thoughts on it are it doesn't matter how I feel about this book from an enjoyment level. It's how I feel about this book on a like on a human level and mm-hmm. and I, I said this to my wife I'm like I feel like this is a book that I should be reading like this isn't a book that I necessarily would like go out of my way and want to read but I feel like this is a book that I should be reading that like it is important that I read it and I'm like I'm not bored I'm not reading this book and being like this is boring this is a slog I just want to get through this I can't wait until we're done with this and we can move on to our next book it's nothing like that it's it's I'm still immersed into the story that's being told especially and I I really have to to stress this point of it I feel like a lot of it personally is the prose the way in which Morrison wrote this book it's just beautiful it's so great right yeah it, it really is like man just the and I, I'll go into this more here in a second because I want to finish this thought but like I just I, I feel like this book is more important than my personal preferences or than my personal opinion on it so I'm gonna say this now and this might change next week when we finish this off but I just don't feel comfortable putting a rating on this book like I don't feel like I, I feel like putting a number rating on it diminishes the point of it because this is not a book I'm reading out of enjoyment this is a book I feel like I'm reading out of necessity and yeah, not I... necessity as in being forced to read it but necessity because it's something that has to be has to be consumed has to be has to be like experienced because this is it's nourishing in the, a way it's the yeah. human condition in a way mm-hmm. it's 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 a tale of the brutality, the 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 inhumanity, and the just pure. I, I don't know if there's a better word than just saying the pure evil of humanity. But at the same time, it also is showing the beauty, the love, the perseverance, and the just the 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 strength of humanity at the same time. Yeah. I think I think that's fair to say, and I think that's one of the you know, I, I, having done a little research into uh, Toni Morrison and her catalog, you know, that seems to be uh, a theme in in her book, in, in her books, in her work. It's like this idea of um, particularly you know around uh, you know uh, black people, but also you know I think with a special eye towards uh, you know black women is like this you know this the sort of experiences and but but also the the love and the great strength that you know of of, of you know that that you know it, it takes to 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 exist you know as a black woman yeah and it's it's things that like this is the only way someone like me could ever experience anything like this and it's 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 weird to say the least because I almost feel like an intruder. If that makes sense. Well, 
I can I guess I can kind of understand how in some ways that that's that's kind of filtered down through you know some sort of messaging that may have been well intended but I don't necessarily think that it's correct I think it's important for everybody to read this book because of what you say is like maybe there is no way for you to directly experience these things and in fact it is you know these these things are being whitewashed and covered up by several very powerful people you know in society um, that, that would that are that basically hold to a, a, a you know broadly white supremacist uh, viewpoint um, yeah. so there is never you know so so the fact that you're able to engage with this and and read this and and you know really think about it and you know it it, it lets you it, it's it's it's, it gives you a as clear a look as you know as as possible into you know just the the, the absolute heart of darkness and depravity that that kind of sits you know in, in many ways at the center of of certainly American culture you know yeah and I think that that might be one reason why I just I'm struggling to to really try to approach this book similarly to how we do others and why it's just it's I, I i just feel like i personally am just kind of i i feel like i'm out of my element here uh and just just kind of like unstuck into this into this um reality that this book has created and i'm just kind of a passenger along the way and i i, I don't know just it's 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 hard for me to try to approach this the same way that I've approached quite literally every other book we've covered so far because it's not like any of the other books we've covered so far. Even something like Annihilation, where I even or House of Leaves, which are the two probably most different uh, books we've covered, the most non-traditional fiction that we've covered uh, in twenty twenty three. So maybe that's one reason why I'm just I'm just struggling to to approach this the same way that we have in the past well i i have this thought um we didn't really talk today much about summaries or i mean we, we mentioned things in broad strokes like themes and you know the the importance of this novel and you know how we're feeling after having read the first half so i you know honestly we we and we've gone on quite a bit maybe maybe that's where we leave it this time and maybe next time we can kind of like bore down a little bit once we kind of get the beginning and end point so that we have because as as you point out there is a lot of like shifting and like a lot of i don't know there's there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of very artful writing that's going on here maybe once we can get to the end maybe we have we can get our arms around it a little better we can give a, a more broad summary maybe a, a little a lot more uh, distilled down than than we generally do but uh you know we could give a broader summary and then we can kind of hit some some new thoughts and new ideas you know does how do you feel about that yeah i think that's that's a fair way to approach it we we, we focus more on the the metatextual today and the next week we focus on the more on the page kind of Thing, sure. especially since we'll have all the context I, I i think that's fair um which we both kind of hinted at it so far um i i kind of want to spend a minute or two or ten or however long it takes um talking about the pros here like i said we've, we've kind of touched on it a little bit um hmm. i feel like while i'm reading this i i it, it, okay i i i'm gonna i'm gonna have some weird things to say here and i hope that you'll stay with me here because I, i'm just gonna try to, to to put these these thoughts into actual concrete words while i go here mm -hmm. uh because it's more of a feeling than an actual thought so just bear with me i feel like the way that she's writing like her prose and the way that she's telling the story it almost it almost feels like a song traveling down the, a river hmm. I don't know if that makes sense but I feel like the flow the way that her words flow together it feels like a song it feels like I it, it, 
it, it feels like you're moving like with a song you know like it, it's very rhythmic it's very like purposeful and it, it's very I, I don't know I, it's 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 hard to explain and it, it almost it also kind of reminds me of the way that water flows down a stream it, I, I, I I hope that my metaphors or terrible um, uh, whatever's is conveying this but it, I, I, it almost feels musical the way it, musical and in nature the way that she writes i don't know does this make any Maybe sense not, at all or am i sounding like a madman a, perhaps not unlike one of baby sug's sermons at her uh, at her, her yeah her, her wilderness sort of like meetings oh man can i yeah man okay that's a good way to put it um yeah th- that was such a good section my god um yeah when it was talking about baby sugs and her her like little stint of for lack of a better term preaching in her life yeah yeah that was that was one of my favorite sections of the book so far i just really loved the way that that was written the way it was told and the just i i, I don't think the character of baby sucks is just really good as well yes very very well written and, and that's this one thing that you you will see throughout this book is like all of these characters these are maybe some of the best characters. I know we've we've talked a lot about you know great character writing in several of these books, and that is absolutely true to this still. Um, but some of these are just so real and so vivid, and um, particularly the character of uh, Baby Suggs to me, um, you know, having had you know older family members, not obviously not you know formerly enslaved black women, but you know there's just like this this sort of sense of uh, real warmth and love and strength and you know just just but at the same time the you know there's there's a a a true sense of loss and and pain and you know as we see at the end of her life like uh, her her mind has gone it's it's you know she she seems to be suffering from some form of dementia you know and it's it's just these characters are very powerful, very real, and very well realized, and uh, perhaps the best that we've we've had uh, to this point. Yeah. And you know, there's yeah. other things like like Denver, the daughter of the main character Setha, who is you know you, you just just very, just palpably lonely and palpably just like just starved of like interaction not just with their peers but there's a real sense of isolation that with that uh, Morrison does an excellent job of establishing not just due to like the the haunting and the, you know and, you know people giving them a wide berth it's just you know it's just it, it gives you there's there's for example there's a, a portion uh where, where she you know she was going to a uh to this to this lady who is kind of running kind of like a like a under the table type of school to educate um, mostly I, I would I, I if not exclusively uh, black children and uh, you know she's she's interacting with these and, and one day you know one of the students you know asks her this question and and um, a question that is just so shocking that the the book in the time at in the moment it kind of elides what the real what the question was and it's it's very interesting in that respect and it's kind of um you know but it, and after that she stops going to school but it, it, you know it just does a great job of just kind of showing like how isolation kind of can take a toll particularly on children you know yeah and it, uh, to to speak more also to the beautiful writing um, the passage where Denver finally confronts Setha with the question, and mm-hmm. how it it describes that she basically just went deaf to the answer, so that she mm-hmm. didn't even hear the answer. That was a very, very strong section. And it's real, you know. It's just there have been times in in my life, certainly, uh, I've never been confronted any with anything as horrifying as anything in this book i'm not but you know what i mean it's like there's like times in your life where you just hear something 
and it's just so repugnant and repulsive to your brain that you just you almost just like shut it out you know yeah which if i remember correctly the question was like i was like i heard that your 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 mother was imprisoned for killing somebody and that you were with her when it happened which i took that as it was while she was pregnant with denver but i could uh, be i could be i think understanding that maybe maybe that'll that'll be made more clear when we uh, as we get to the end of the book yeah um i guess i don't really want to spend the time today to go deep into it but i would love to and please if i forget um please remind me if if you don't do it yourself uh i really want to talk at some point about uh setha and amy and the birth of denver mm-hmm. well that like was... we said maybe maybe we can you know maybe when we're giving like a broad summary we could spend a little extra time there yeah because that was also one of my favorite sections of the book so far just mm-hmm. really well written there's a lot of weird in this book but there's a lot of like and i i don't take don't take me saying weird as negative like weird can very much be a good thing um there's a lot of very weird but there's a lot of like there's a lot of beauty in the weird as well like you know it's i i just i i was aware because I, I think i read the back of my my copy i think it's on the back of my copy but i also just kind of looked up i looked the book up on wikipedia as well and it's like uh dealing with a haunted house yeah it's like uh and it's like this, this baby is haunting this house and so i'm just kind of expecting a book that's about this family living in a haunted house where the the ghost is setha's um her oldest daughter that had died as an infant and i that's what i was expecting and then like in the first chapter you meet paul d who just comes and breaks a table and is basically like be gone ghost baby and the ghost baby be gone and i'm like well okay uh this See, is that's, not that's what why i, I was saying like when i said I thought it was kind of a horror novel based on when I heard that description, but it's also not really in a certain way because, I mean, in you know, it's just in some ways like that. That is kind of the end of a certain aspect of the haunting. Although I would I would uh, argue, and we will go into greater depth uh, the next time around, that the haunting has just manifested in a different way. Yeah, which I guess let me ask you this question. It's a two-part question, and I feel like the first part is almost kind of rhetorical, because there I, I'm sitting there thinking I was thinking this was a thing, and then there's a chapter where Denver basically straight up says that this is what's happening, at least as far as she thinks. But for just for for just lack of posterity or for for sake of posterity, um, I'm gonna ask it anyways. Do you think that beloved is the physical corporeal manifestation of the baby ghost? Yes, absolutely. When did you think that? Um, when did you come to that 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 thought? Well, I got a big, big. When she introduced herself as beloved was a pretty big uh, thing, uh, because that yeah, was what was tombstone. on the tombstone. Yeah, because so there was like was... no. I because there was like no name, right? So they just because you would say beloved and then the person's name on the tombstone, but because there, there wasn't... It was like dearly beloved or something to that effect yeah and then it, but all like it was and, and to my shame i do not i don't remember the exact circumstances but i i think it was something to the effect of like she was not able to like the, the baby didn't have a name and also she didn't she was she didn't have really the money to like really fill everything out and so like all the the, the marker just ended up saying was beloved yeah and so I... like that was so that immediately was like okay that that is probably the baby yeah for me i i just i really started getting a strong inclination of it as it was describing her coming out of the water and her skin being completely clean and fresh like that that right there was like and that that's her introduction i'm just like i'm like okay um this is not this is not a person like this is not a 
this is not a person. You don't describe a person, especially one that's supposed to be a 19-year-old woman, as having fresh and clean skin. And well, in, the way in, that she just kind of comes out of the water. You know. Yeah. So that was my immediate tip-off that something about this woman was, like, off. Like, off, more off on, like, a on a um, supernatural level than just a, that girl ain't rat. Um, so that was just kind of my, okay, okay, this is a thing. But it was, I think it was similar to you with the whole, when, when they realize, when she tells them that she's there, she's specifically coming to this house and, uh, yeah, when she says her name's Beloved and all that, I'm just like, ah, oh, baby ghost. Baby See, ghost. That's, that's kind of how it, like, and that's kind of what I'm saying is, like, it starts off kind of, like, in a strange, almost, like, gothic horror-esque kind of situation, and then the house is seemingly, like, you know, seemingly exercised by Paul D. <laughs> telling the ghost to, to get out, and then it's just kind of, like, seems like it kind of, like, there, there reaches like an, a sort of familial equilibrium, right? And so as as Paul D kind of uh, kind of becomes a part of this, you know, the, the forming this family unit with with Setha and Denver, and then you know the arrival of of um, beloved who is you know in in some ways both very very innocent and also very sinister as we you know. I mean, she becomes more sinister as we move along. But, like, in this moment, she, there's still, like, some part of your brain that's, like, something is not right here. And that's, you know, again, a, another credit to uh, Morrison's excellent, excellent work. Um, and, you know, and, and there's, so, so that's, that kind of, so it kind of, this growing sense of dread kind of returns. Yeah, I, I... I feel like we're gonna be hitting a point soon where, where beloved does become this horror figure once again, this this malicious um, entity. We've already we've already had like a couple of things that suggest that with her the allegedly her uh, choke like like ghost choking um, Setha, and then the whole. I I I'm, I'm I feel like I can safely call this rape of Paul D. Well, she seems to have some sort of strange power that compels him to do things. So I I I, I would say you're probably not off base there. At the very least, the first time. Yeah, uh, I I feel like you can maybe try to suggest that because it, it this this is something that like becomes like like a reoccurring like every night thing she goes to to where he's at and he has sex with her um you can maybe try to 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 say that this is um something that he's starting to do at least somewhat willingly though i i do disagree wholeheartedly because of the chapter where he's where it we're with we're with paul d and he's talking about that or well he's thinking about it rather I still think that it, it is it is um, influenced and forced, so I still think that it, there is there is a lot of rapiness kind of in that. But I feel like there is no ambiguity on the uh, the first time when she comes to him in that storehouse, and I've really really enjoyed the allegory to Lot's wife in uh, the tale of like the the, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that was a very very well done um, comparison there. Uh, I feel like there's no ambiguity there that uh, that that was that was that was rape, and uh, I don't like beloved. I think she is uh, gonna. I think she's gonna become like like full on bad. I I think she's gonna become this. If I can't have Setha, no one can, and she's gonna try to kill Denver and Setha and Paul D. And I, 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 maybe not quite to that extreme, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel like things are going to go bad real soon. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's true. I think there's, you know, it, that she's doing a great job of creating this really, um, you know, increasing atmosphere of just, of just discomfort and dread. Yeah, it's very foreboding. <laughs> You know, I, I feel like, you know, we, we touched on some interesting and important... Like I said, I think we maybe we can c- 
go back ne- next week, you know, especially once we have story, you know, you know, under under our belts, so to say, and we can maybe directly kind of comment on things, and we could give like a more cohesive look. But I think right now, like we <laughs> we we're, we are knowledgeable enough yet to really give a a, a strong to say the book incredibly well written um very excellent characters and uh you know yeah it's um it sticks with you for sure for for i would say all the right and all the wrong reasons (laughs) yeah it was it's one of those things where you know you know how you're talking about you know the you reading the first chapter and then thinking about it this the, the day after while you were at work and i've experienced the same thing is like you know it just it's one of those things that that just sticks with you yeah it's it's an experience man it's 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 one of those things to where it's like i can't like it, it's it, in a, in a normal situation it's like one of those books where it's like i can't like wholly recommend it to you in the way that I would recommend something like The Expanse, but it's it's also one of those things where it's like, yeah, uh, it is it is something that's, I think if you're in the right mindset or if you, if you really feel the, the need to just have this, this, this piece of history, it's, it's very important to experience in some Mm -hmm. facet yeah i don't know i'm tired i don't know what else to say (laughs) yeah i'm I'm tired man this 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 is exhausting (laughs) yes but but i thought i think a pretty good conversation overall yeah Yeah, uh, i guess that'll probably do us for today then yeah this is a bit of a bit of a strange episode but um I don't know. Like I said, I think I think we'll be in a much better place to uh, to go beyond our our impressions uh, next week. Yeah. If there's anything to take away from this, it's uh, don't be afraid to confront the past, even the 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 worst parts of it. Absolutely. Well, that was uh, this has been another episode of the uh, Sad Boys Book Club. Uh, once again, I am Daniel. And I'm Dusty. I mean, and not I, Daniel. <laughs> and I look very forward to seeing you all next time. See you then. Take care.